Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Another episode of Ears Up In Depth. No. Um, no, not no. ears up in depth. Oh, um, correct. <laughs> incorrect. I have ears up in depth on the brain, everybody, because I'm having a hard time editing the video for that show. Uh, welcome to Ears Up, period. Podcast. Yeah, that's it. Just this <laughs> show. Regular. Yeah, the regular flavor. We're getting the vanilla show today, everybody. The OG, the one the that started gangster. it all. That's right. And it's a good show for you, of course. Of course it is. I mean, name, name our, you know, We've never 200 had bad last show. bad shows. You can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, Taryn is going to take us through the Wizard of Bras. Yes. You heard that right. Which I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> for no other reason than it, it takes me back to getting the mail, if you know what I mean. Going to get the mail. Those catalogs would come. Oh, geez. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, never, I never understood that. You know, where it's like people are like, oh, my God, the Victoria's Secret catalog. Eh, I don't know. It's just it's underwear ad. I don't care. Do people other than like 12 year old boys think that? <laughs> no. No. I think like 50 year old men in the 70s did, <laughs> gotcha. you know, and that's about it. Uh, but yeah, we have a good, uh, good segment there. I'm excited about that because I love the Wizard of Bras. I love that story. And uh, I don't know, man, it just it's it's like the most you don't think of it as how I don't know if it's inappropriate necessarily. It's taboo, but it's a it's it's taboo. Even back then in the was it 50s, 60s, it was taboo. I, I would think I would guess. Just to, you know, the underwear aisle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, men didn't even go shopping for like feminine products, yeah. much less go into <laughs> go into a whole shop dedicated to women's undergarment. It yeah. wasn't allowed. No, no, no it definitely oh. wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and then, Eric, well, you're going to talk about uh, space food. <clears throat> yeah. Which I think is fun. I think it'll be a good time. You went up in space. Uh, he was on the Blue Velvet shuttle or whatever the Amazon one is. I think it's Blue Velvet, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that was the one. Yeah. yeah. He had to yeah. breathe the oxygen weird. or something like that, or the, mm-hmm. the nitrous. and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then he had an <laughs> oxygen bar at the top, too. Nice. That rules, man. I love that. That was the you. food. Yeah. It was spoilers. <laughs> man, I, you know, I thought oxygen bars were like, it just came and went. You know, it's like, oh, okay. You know, I, I never really expected to see one. This is years ago. Walking from, actually, the 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco. Walking from uh, downtown BART, like on Market or whatever, uh, walking up, just there was like a little bar um, that had, you know, open window with like a bar seat, a bar top seating on it. And it was just it used to be just like a, I don't know, cafe or whatever. And I look over and then these two 
two ladies, they're in their 20s, platinum blonde hair, just tubes right up their nose. And I'm looking like, what huh. the hell? And it's it's O2 bar. I'm like, oh, my God. And this was my. Wow. Five years after that whole sort of thing swept the, you know, the news cycle for a bit. It was like outdated even then. I was like, oh, my goodness. Now, this if it thing. survived COVID, I'd be a little more surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still pretty surprised. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when like hospitals were were having an oxygen shortage. Can you imagine? <laughs> you look, uh, ma'am, I, we can't, uh, you know, here at uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, uh, hospital. Demand. Yeah, we can't give you oxygen, but you can go. We have a deal yeah. with the O2 bar down the street. Yeah. Supply and demand. That stuff's expensive. They clean the tubes. Yeah. yeah. Well, bring your own tubes. BYOT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BYOT. Yeah. But before we get into the show, I want to thank our travel partner, Concy Ears. You can go to concyears.com today. You can go tomorrow. I mean, you, you could have gone yesterday if you wanted to. But if you didn't do it, I understand. You didn't know about it. Concierge.com. Book your trips to the parks today through Concierge. They will help you maximize your journey. They will help you book your hotel. They'll do it for you if you want them to. And that's sort of their gig. You know, you can get tickets through the park and that's fine. Uh, but they don't help you with all those other steps that Disneyland likes to make really difficult for you now. But Concierge is always looking out for you. So check them out. Concierge.com. They will manage your vacation for you. They can help you save money, which is always good. You know what I mean? Especially carton of eggs cost $200 these days. Basically. You know what I mean? Which if I read you, an article. you can find them. Yeah. I read an article. It's like, there's no like supply shortage. There's no nothing. It's just uh, the egg producers are jacking the prices up. Really? Yeah. There's no reason eggs are like expensive these days. It's literally just I thought a bunch of producer. chickens died. Yeah. So the eggs, the egg producers, some of them are using the bird flu as an excuse, but their output hasn't really dropped at all. Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, that's rude because I was at the store today after I was at the doctor and 18 eggs was nine ninety nine. Yeah. Wow. But there's no reason for it. That's what I read. Them. Anyway, Target still has them normal price. Like yeah. normal-ish, like $7 for like an 18. Then I also saw a headline. And by the way, when I say I read, I read a headline. Right. So I don't know much about it. Um, someone else is like, well, now that eggs are so expensive, maybe it's time to focus on plant-based eggs. And I just, I, I no. threw up my phone. I couldn't do it. Couldn't but, hang with it. Yeah. Well, what even is a plant-based egg? I don't know. That sounds... What do they make that meringue out of? The vegan meringue. That's like, made out of chickpea juice. There you go. Chickpea. It might be oh, chickpea juice. It's enough enough goo in there to to set. Yeah. A, yeah. A meringue. Okay. Yeah. You can make Why meringue do with that. Hate themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they love know. chickens more than their own tongue that God gave them. You know. This is my 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 zone. <laughs> I don't know, man. Bev. So what's up with you? Real fast. We didn't do this with Eric. You're on drugs, as Eric would say, because you, you also broke your butt, right? Or something like that? Yeah, kind of. I have a pinched sciatic nerve. Mm -hmm. That's what is happening. Oh, okay. And so you're just, you're doped up until it chills and out? So, yeah, I'm on, um, I probably should have not taken this. Uh, I'm on muscle relaxers. Just Hell yeah. Because I haven't, um, I haven't slept. Oh. That like bad. a full night. I haven't had a full night's sleep oh my God. in a week, in seven days. Been getting up about five times a night. Ooh. Oh, from no. the pain? Because yeah, because yeah, oh. I can't. There's no comfortable. It's not like anything I've ever experienced before. Because there's no like, like I'm not do. I'm not doing anything right now, but I hurt. Like there's this is somewhat comfortable, but yeah. like it just hurts to not move, which is oh some 
bullcrap. Yeah, hurts that's to move, hurts to not move. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's annoying. It's awful. You need like a hyperbaric chamber to float in. Honestly. Maybe that would be <laughs> I'm good. I'm not even sure that would work though. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Sorry to hear that, man. Oof. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I don't like uh I don't like hearing that for you. Yeah. Um and it's then okay. just I have a feeling I'm going to sleep though, so Yeah, that's that'd be good. Too. Yeah, well, if you need to bail, um, just don't. I'm just, just going to go to sleep out. on the air. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one thing you haven't radio. done on here yet is snore. So I haven't uh, I snorted. Out. I've never snored. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. That's one noise you have yet to make. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got her. Got me. Damn. Oh, man. Okay, I'm muting myself now. All right, good. That's great. And then, uh, of course, if you're listening live after this, the secret show is happening as well. So uh, the link for that is already in Patreon and you can go there and you can also catch up on the uh, puny pod secret show that they do. And then uh, the Supreme Resort have after hours. Is it Supreme Resort or is it scraping the vault after hours? I can't remember. Uh, it is. Oh, gosh. Which one? It is. No. It is so you don't know. Either. Scraping the vault is after enough. Um, OK. Yeah. Supreme Resort after hours. OK. There you go. So uh, we have added two new shows to the Patreon secret show lineup. And uh, you can check that out, too. And you know what? I think in February, I'm finally going to. My th- I'm at a happy place with my therapy where I think I might be able mm-hmm. to release that uh, Walt uh, and the Nazis uh, pyramid eyed ears show that I had finished for six months. Gee. Yeah, I think great. I might be able to do that. So uh, I just don't like it. I don't know. I d- it's not coming together well enough in my head for what I want. But, uh, you know. My last therapy session, we were talking about, uh, you know, the the um, Nazis, the, the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, look, man, you know, everyone needs a, a recruitment path. And uh, I'm trying to. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, you know, talking about like, uh, you know, how things are always going to be perfect. And where does that come from in your life? And how do we get rid of that? And because it really holds you back. And I'm like, damn. That's not how I would have said it, but but nailed it's it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a joke, everybody. Eric, why don't you slide on over to my table and right. tell me what you're eating, baby? Okay. Like, hey, that music's familiar. Oh, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, space food. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Space 220 generated quite a lot of chatter when it was announced several years ago. This is the uh, the restaurant that opened up at at long last um, adjacent to Mission Space, the attraction at Epcot. Have you have any of you done Mission Space? Yes. Yes, we. Yeah, I think we all did. Look at that. All right. Look at that. What are your thoughts on Mission Space? I liked it, man. I I remember it. So is that the big ball? That is Spaceship Earth. Hmm. Mission Space is the uh, with Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise. With Gary Sinise. Where they no make a, like Sinise. a a thing at the end, like a cartoon? No, that's Spaceship Earth. Also, Mission Space is like you get in like the the thing oh, that, like sandwiches you in, and you're like pushing a button to fly and off. You can, and, like, yeah. and you can go in the weenie lane. Yeah. Or yeah. The yes. non. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did it. Mm, okay. Any thoughts of it? Jason liked it. We've got we've got Jason on on board. I liked it. it. Yeah, you liked it. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. I was very concerned about getting um, motion sickness, and then it didn't happen at all. It was fine. Okay, I like. Well, it. that's good. I I like it. I don't like to go on it all the time, but there's never a line, so it's it's pretty <laughs> easy. It, there's never a line because most people consider it very very nausea inducing. In fact, we did an entire episode of the Supreme Resort 
where we compared it to um, Mickey's Wheel of Death. Why? Because they're the only two attractions in Disney parks that include barf bags. And barf bags. And they're the only two rides that you can, I think, that you can go on and experience the same ride at the same time as other people, but in a different, you know, comfortability level. Yeah. Maybe that's the less gross way of talking about <laughs> well, it. Well, you know, we man. <laughs> hey, you do what you got to do. The caliber of our show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. So, um, yeah, Disney announced this restaurant with a tie in to the simulated space travel ride, and everybody was hooked. Everybody wanted to know more. And uh, it took a few years to get this going, COVID notwithstanding. It was mo- the, the restaurant was mostly done before COVID hit. Of course, it took a little while longer to get things rolling afterward. But in September of 2021, the Disney going public finally got their wish to ascend a space elevator and dine 220 miles above Epcot. Hence the name Space 220. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's kind of nothing like most. I mean, it's nothing like other restaurants in Disney parks. It's it's an experience that starts as you walk in. You're, you kind of walk up to the well, you do walk up to the sort of entrance plaza for Mission Space. And then off to the side is this almost hidden entrance to the restaurant. You have to check uh, check in at a little desk and they let you into the main area where you can and you can look at some fun facts about the the fake uh, ride slash restaurant <laughs> you're about to go to. Real restaurant, okay. fake ride. Sure. Of course, and yeah. Um, yeah. I wish it was different. I wish it was the other way around. Real, real ride mm-hmm. to space and a fake restaurant at the top. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's like play food. Yeah, it's like uh, you're out front of a sushi place. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. That's what I want. I was imagining the like plastic pizza that you would get as a kid and like the, <laughs> the four pieces you pull out of the tin, mm. the fake microwave. Uh, but yes, you wait for a few minutes in the lobby and then you ascend into outer space uh, without need for any sort of star tour. You get into a small room and you you have screens above you and below you and the floor shakes. And it's a fairly I mean, if you are afraid of heights, uh, then look up because uh, I've been in there with uh, with people who were rather nervous to look down because you ascend quickly. You Mm. the the view is you going up a space elevator. You're ascending this this track and below you, you see the earth recede very quickly like screens on the floor of your little pod or whatever mm-hmm. hmm. yeah in okay. some ways it's like the old mission uh mission to mars or mm-hmm. um the, you know, that you used to have at at walt disney well at magic kingdom and at disneyland it's hmm. a no for me <laughs> <laughs> then look up because you'll see the blue sky and clouds and then you see the stars above you and then you see a space station approaching so you can look at both and i'm sure if you take a quick gander at youtube there are hundreds of videos of both both sides <laughs> yeah i don't doubt it man simulate 4K. it for yourself yeah right oh yeah big 4k ones uh yeah or just people who are holding their phone above it which is <laughs> pretty standard i've gone to the restaurant twice and going both up and down people have their phones out every time oh my goodness yeah well once you get to the top um, a cast member lets you out of out of your, your capsule and you can marvel at the rotating, uh, rotating. Wow. Well, there, that's that's <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Rotating grow house to your left. Um, <laughs> yeah. In, sick, bro. 420. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got cabbages in it. What is with Disney World and cabbage? 
What is like what is going on over down it, over there out there? It, it's kind of an homage to Horizons. Okay. Where all something right. similar was in there. So it's it's a nice nod. I mean, it implies that all the food is is grown at this space station. Um, it is it is not. Uh, some of it is grown in Epcot, most likely. Um sure. then there's a a nice that standard sort of fancy restaurant wall of um wall of wines that are available mm-hmm. for purchase. And, and yeah, you, you kind of wait there for a few minutes and then the big reveal happens as you walk into the main room. It's a, a tiered restaurant. So in front of you is a gigantic window out into space. So the main view is a space view and everybody has a pretty good seat looking out. Um, no matter where you're sitting, you can you can watch and then uh, you'll see scenes go by. You'll see astronauts floating by, doing hmm. things, working on things, walking their space dogs. Yes, there's a dog in, an, in a, a space suit. Stop it. No, there's not. Is there? Yeah. Oh, there is. Is that there like a is. Marvel thing, like Cosmo? Like, Is that like a Marvel throwback thing? Uh, Not really. Or just but some... it, is, it is a dog in a space suit. Okay. That sounds very um, silly. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a little, seems a little too silly to be honest with you, but that's yeah. fine. And they're, they're pretty slow moving. They just kind of float past and. There's there are ships that kind of come and go and you can watch them recede into the distance for a very long period of time. Um, it's generally fairly, fairly peaceful and it's really nice. It, you're because you're in an anchored position. You don't see the earth change beneath you. But at the bottom mm. of the screen, you can see the the curve of our very round planet. <laughs> wow. First of all, <laughs> planet shaming. How dare you? <laughs> well, I mean, she thick <laughs> <laughs> mother earth. Full colon. She thick. That's it. That's the subtitle for the restaurant. <laughs> it's a working uh, there, title. There is a lounge available in the dining room and it faces the opposite direction. But what's nice is it has this giant uh, mirror, uh, angled mirror above it. So you can continue to watch what's happening behind you from the lounge bar. Um, <laughs> weird. Kind of fun. That's cool. I mean, because what else are you going to do? Right. But it just seems weird that that's the, the problem they solved was with a big mirror <laughs> i don't know i just it just seems cheap like yeah i guess like too easy like i want something you know come on give me give me a, a, something else something different than the other something stuff. other than the a picture yeah i was googling it the pictures kind of remind me of the pictures of the star wars hotel mm. okay yeah i can see yeah, that like i mean screen that yeah. same aesthetic right yeah yeah something similar it, it's a little less dynamic than the Star Wars hotel stuff. They're apparently stuff's flying by all the time and it's very high res. And this is um, less active. It's not trying to draw your attention constantly. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. And it, the room is pretty big. Um, it, the sound is kind of it, it's weird because the, they must deaden the sound somewhat in the, the large room. But there's still a lot of people in one space. So there's. I know that there's music playing, but you'll probably never hear it. It's just kind of atmospheric stuff. Maybe okay. Jeremy can do a segment on it sometime, but it's just kind of ambient, spacey type music. And um, yeah, most of it, you just hear people talking and looking and eating, you know, the oh, usual. it's a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's right. a restaurant. Right, it's right, just right. A, one really big room. So it it, it could, can get kind of loud if it's if it's pretty busy. And it usually is. It's hard to get reservations here. Definitely something you either have to monitor constantly or be ready when it when your reservation period opens up. Hmm. Now, once you get to your seat, uh, you are uh, you're basically you've got two separate choices of meals, whether so it's lunch or dinner time. They're both prefix menus. Uh, Lunch is 
lunch is three courses and dinner is four courses. Um, I'm sorry. Lunch is, yeah, lunch is two courses. Dinner is three courses. Drinks are charged separately. And there are plenty of fancy cocktails that everybody also has all over YouTube and Instagram. Um, we can't just leave, start? We can't leave anything off the Internet. No. We have, no, to have no, no. footage of it. It needs to be in numerous places on our phone, backed up on the cloud and then on mm-hmm. our Twitter and then on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So we'll have five different places if we're lucky that this footage will live until we die. And then even then afterward. Well, you need all those but, dopamine yeah. hits from all those likes. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. And everybody needs to know that you did the thing that other people did. That's true. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine someone comes back from the trip and they go, oh, man, did you get, did I take any video? Like, no, but I put a YouTube playlist together of all the things that we did, but it's just with other people's footage. <laughs> yeah. So this is someone else eating this it's thing, but we ate it. Yeah, we ate this and it's fine. And we just didn't take any videos of it. Yeah. That, that, that would sounds, actually kind of roll, like dude. That something like you would do. <laughs> yeah, right. that'd be kind of funny. I have a curated playlist. There was a QR code and it just added (laughs) it all to a YouTube channel for me. Yeah, it's just funny enough to make it on SNL, but also not funny at all to be on (laughs) SNL. Right. Sort of like that mid. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Do you want to learn about food first or cocktails? Uh, Food, I think. Let's finish on a high note. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that because... The appetizer menu mm-hmm. is called very appropriately liftoffs. <laughs> I hate it. I don't okay. like it. I don't like it. It's like a 55 year old divorced woman wrote this. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. Because uh, you can enjoy the crowd favorite starry calamari. Oh, wow. They, they went all in. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Jason's in. He's, it, he's it's fun. I unmuted myself just so I could make commentary. <laughs> so you can suck your teeth. That's all you got to do. Yeah, that's um, that's inappropriate or unfortunate, I guess. Starry calamari. Nothing takes you out of out of any sort of environment like a pun. Well, get <laughs> yeah. ready for being taken out of the environment with puns. <laughs> okay. There's also the Neptuna Niçoise. Hmm. Uh, with okay. uh, yellowfin tuna. Um, I, I like that one. I've had that a, a couple times. There's blue moon cauliflower. It's fried fried cauliflower. That's fine, I guess. That's okay. fine. Yeah. It's it got like blue hair. cheese dust on it. Dust. Blue cheese dust. Very fancy. I would love, okay. I love blue cheese dust. I would snort that. I'm t- <laughs> I, you know, I, I would All put right. that on I would, everywhere. <laughs> love it. Love blue uh, cheese. Big bang burrata. Um, burrata mozzarella okay. with grilled artichoke hearts. I um, mean, Centauri Caesar salad. Okay, that's fine too. It's not really punny, but it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. With the, the oh, well, here let's step up the game. Space mm-hmm. greens. Wow, <laughs> that a salad. They they ran out of steam yep. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the steam continued to run out because the last is roasted beet salad. Oh, wow. <laughs> It That's just my got... favorite. That's what I would have. <laughs> you, you you go from uh, from what was it? Star Cruiser Calamari or whatever. Starry Calamari. Starry Calamari Starry, to yes. a roasted beet salad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's how all these food menus go, though. In general, right? Whenever you're at a themed restaurant, at some point they're like, and a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> well, get buckle up. Oh God, here we go for your star course. Okay. <sighs> 
Okay. The, the main course. The steam has not fully built back up at this point because we have <laughs> galactic miso salmon. Galactic miso salmon. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not like Milky Way salmon? But then maybe you're mm. going to want to think that there's some sort of milk in there. So, yeah, you might want to save the Milky Way for later. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got the Gemini burger. Okay. okay. But see, and, uh-huh. and that's sort of like uninspired, but it's okay. Like, that's fine. I accept okay. that. I Are there two that. burgers because Gemini's twin? Oh, you know? I like it. No, there's only the one. See, I would be, di- I'm already disappointed. Hmm. You could order two, and I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's rocket flame seared tuna. Okay, I, that's, okay. I, that I like. I think that's right. cute. Yeah, rocket flame. That makes sense. You're tying it in with everything. Even though there are no rockets, you're taking a friggin' mm-hmm. space elevator up and to uh, a, uh, you know, a space thing. There's no rockets. You're not taking a rocket, but that's fine. We'll move on. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. We have a, a here. Well, I'll just burn through a few that uh, ah, are like a rock. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, steak and frites, chicken breast, steak salad, stuffed jumbo shells, and get ready for space getty and shrimp. Like spaghetti. Oh, space getty. No, I don't yes. like it. Yep. Yeah, that's, I'm that's awful. Yeah, here's the problem it's too incongru- incongruent. You're not, they're not consistent all the way through. Yeah. Either hit the puns or don't hit the pun. You can't, but don't, also, you can't like, half hit the punch. Yeah, you better not just bring me a plate of spaghetti with some shrimp in it. There better be something spacey on that plate or we're going to fight. <laughs> um, uh, cherry tomatoes. <laughs> just put a little like little shelf around them so they look like planets. Oh, a shelf. I don't know what are, a ring rings around rings. the shrimp. No, around the cherry tomato. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Come on, get with the program. Sorry. Jason. Pretty sure that all the greatest chefs of our generation thought about their best plates high on drugs. So <laughs> Bev is in that zone right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're, we're channeling her, that energy. Yeah, her and Bourdain are just, they're cooking right now. <laughs> oh. Well, there are four sides. Um, they're called satellite sides. No. Yeah? No, I don't they're like it. You know, alongside the... The other one. I don't like it. I don't like it. I it's don't right. want it to that exist. That okay. I'm okay with the, that one. I'm okay the, with the it too. I, I'm okay with it. I don't like it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, the sides themselves are normal. Broccolini, potato wedges, fingerling potatoes, carrots. Yeah, uninspired. But yeah, go ahead. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of boring. Potato uh, yeah. wedges also. No, no one likes a potato wedge. Disagree. What's wrong with a truffled herb Parmesan potato wedge? Nothing. Uh, What was the first part? Truffled. That's right. Yes. What's wrong with a plain potato wedge? Just give me a potato to go. Just uncooked, unpeeled, dirty potato. That's what I want. Yeah, I don't like truffles. I'm not a truffle guy. I dislike them. It's like eating gym roasted potatoes. Yeah, I would do. Yeah, but even that's sort of boring. Put Parmesan on it or something. Come on, come on, spice it up. Come on. I rode this friggin' elevator 220 miles. I don't want just roasted potatoes. I can go home and do that. I can sit under the underpass with a lighter and do that. I don't care. Yeah. It's true. Great. There you go. All right, what else you got? I'm thinking of you crouching under an uh, an overpass, cooking potatoes with a lighter. Uh, Kids meals. Yeah. Space Getty. Of course. Yeah. See, that's where all of these things should live, is the friggin' kids menu with these names. Space Getty. 
fits the kids menu. Absolutely. One hundred percent. You know what? All of the kids meals have space names. Galactic salmon. Um, I guess smashed burger isn't spacey, but it has space fries. Salmon on the kids menu. Yeah. Wow. All right. Exactly. I wonder how often that gets ordered. I know, right? <laughs> I can't imagine. Probably Ben's, not as much as the Mission Macaroni. Has Abby ever ordered salmon off a kid's menu before? Not a kid's menu. Sh- menu. She ordered salmon at Carthay when we had dinner there. She likes salmon. Really? Hmm. That's impressive. Hmm. Yeah. All right. There you go. It's like one of the few non-mystery meats she'll eat. <laughs> <laughs> not pressed into a shape. Yeah. yeah. You got to take it. got to take a win where you can get one. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Now, what what is the dessert menu called? Ooh. Here's a hint. It ends with the word sweets. Satellite space sweets. sweets. Good, solid, solid guess. God, I no, hope it's space sweets. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, so it's supernova sweets. Okay, okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. It's I'll just allow as it. good as space sweets. Yeah. There you go. The only one that has a fancy name is peanut caramel comet. What is that? What's what it? It's a vanilla tart with candied peanuts, popcorn, caramel popcorn, and white chocolate cream in it. It's shaped to look like a comet with a tail. This I I think this whole thing is meant to uh, appeal to children, but then someone came in like we need to appeal to like out of that dessert is just like a child, like a rich child's dessert. Well, for fourteen dollars, your rich child will. Be okay with the price. For popcorn? <laughs> and a tart. Yeah. Mm-mm. No thanks. But yeah, they've got a few others on there. Cheesecake, gelato, carrot cake, pistachio, mousse. Yeah, I like a carrot um, cake. I would be okay with a carrot cake. <laughs> a carrot cake is solid. Yeah? Yeah, hmm. for, for sure. All right. I love it. Good. Do they make all that there in space? Yes, okay. in space. They just send the ingredients up from the ground. So nice. You've been yeah. twice. So then mm-hmm. I was going to ask if... if you feel it's worth it, but you've been twice. So I imagine it is. It's it's very cool. The second time we went because we were treating my parents to it. Okay. And it was for for an event. Definitely. Like you should go at least once because it's very cool. And the food is the food is really good. It sounds awesome. This isn't a Disney owned restaurant. Um, This is one of the Patina Group restaurants. (laughs) Patina runs multiple restaurants around Disney World and Disneyland. Mm. Um, They've got the they've got one of the French restaurants and one of the Italian restaurants. It's um, there. I mean, they've got a few in Disney Springs. So they they have a major presence in Disney parks. And the food, it really is fantastic. The steak I had was really good. Even Brandy one time had a had a steak and she said that might be the best cooked steak I've ever had. Oh, wow. wow. And she's somebody who likes well done. So to have a well oh, done steak that was still God. flavorful. Wow. <laughs> oh, look out out back. Right. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Space port 220 or whatever it is. That's what it's called. All right. Uh, but yeah, so it's it, it's really it's expensive. You're not going to get out of there without shelling out a hundred bucks what's more expensive carthay or spaceport carthay i was gonna actually compare it to the beauty and the beast okay place i forget what it's called be our guest it's definitely more than be our guest okay yeah and it's a feel like be our guest was like 60 ahead or something and it was the same like set it was like set menu like same sort of idea right true yeah yeah if you're going there for dinner yeah it's it's similar 
but this is a full sit down. You're not going through that line and ordering on the way in that strange way they do it at Be Our Guest. Patina just means a layer of dirt. I feel like that's not a very good name for a restaurant group. Well, <laughs> uh, tell that to to the Patina Group CEO, Tillman Fertitta. Wow. <laughs> is he a friggin menu Patina item at the is he menu item on the space thing or what, man? Sounds delicious. I'll have the <laughs> Patina Fertitta Tamina Fatata, please. Ooh. Uh, okay, let's talk drinks. Right away, sir. Let's talk drinks. What do we got? Okay, let's head down past all the regular the regular drinks you would expect yeah. to the atmospheric spirits. <laughs> okay, that I like. I like it too. That's my favorite okay. one so far. Let's go. It, it does have a ring to it. Yeah. Um. How about the Stargarita? Okay. No, no, dislike it. I'm already back on the back foot. I'm walking. Okay. I'm walking. It's, out. it's mostly it's mostly margarita. Okay. We'll we'll step up the production value to the imagination. Nope. I will throw that in your face. It's got a pop rock rim, Jason. It's a Ooh, it's I'm a tropical it. rum drink with a pop rock oh. rim. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just don't yeah. like the name. That sounds but, like it has a lot happening. Yeah. Uh, Bacardi light rum, Malibu rum, blood orange, pineapple, Malibu passion rum. fruit. Why are they ruin? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Okay. What's next? Let's <laughs> move uh, on. I'm uncomfortable. All right. The Orion old fashioned. The Orion Old Fashioned. That's okay. a good name. Solid. A, yep. I'm in. Yeah. It. It's an interesting take because they use they, they use Four Roses bourbon instead mm. of putting a syrup in there. They use, they use Grand Marnier and chocolate bitters. Hmm. I it's would really try, good. I would try. How much is it? I don't know how I feel about that. You would try uh, it how much, and you how much would hate it. I think it is. <laughs> I think. Oh, God. OK, so it's probably more than what you can get at Carthay. I would guess nineteen dollars. I say 23. I was going to say 18. What a steal. It's $17. Oh, okay. All right. I think that's the same price as the drinks as a, whatever it's called at Carthay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, most of the drinks are 16 or $17. Ah, God, that's okay. Uh, Let's see. So are eggs. (laughs) Yeah, fair. What's more important to you? (laughs) Protein or booze? Well, if you're picking the protein, maybe I can sway you with stratosphere strawberry lemonade. No, yeah. <laughs> you know you can't. Sorry, no, I'm no. not. I'm, not okay. I'm unswayable, dog. <laughs> There's the nebula. Ooh, I like that name. It's Maker's Mark pineapple honey passion fruit and Angostura bitters. I'm waiting for the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy like theme uh, over theme uh, overlay yeah. of this restaurant. It's coming. It's got it's in the next five. Actually, would have been better. No, I don't know. Permanently, that no. But I, I, I bet within the next five years, they're going to have a friggin' Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I support it. Mm-hmm. I'd go to that. Yeah. I'll be fun. Restaurant extra loud. Yeah, it would be loud and it would be like <laughs> you play. Music. You play all the music. You, you, know, you got so you got fun. rocket flying by or whatever. Groot sort of floating around in space. You oh, know, yeah. the thing, man. That would be a vibe. I would. I like that restaurant already better. <laughs> armchair imagineering here we go there we go josh okay. tomorrow you're in the chat you f- yeah write that one there down you, you better <laughs> okay better he's on it okay here are the two the two big ones that you'll see on all all the blogs all the vlogs yeah. all the instas the first is the big tang excuse it's- me <laughs> excuse me tang baking powder <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh tang. it's essentially a margarita with um, my nickname in high school <laughs> okay <laughs> Did you also have tang infused agave nectar? I did. Yeah, that's okay. actually my, my blood. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
I would get cut a lot. Something was infused with tang. I know. What does this even mean? Tang is a powder. They mix powder (laughs) with agave. (laughs) I'm so so confused. And uh, and also, like, tang is good, but do not sell me tang at an upscale restaurant. For $17. Well, it's infused. No, no, no. But do you, you you know why it's here, right? At the space thing? Because tang was developed for astronauts. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So they don't. Does it have like get, so they don't get scurvy? So they don't get scurvy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, what space scurvy? No, that's a joke. But oh, it was okay. developed for like oh, a, by NASA. I developed. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, if if the astronaut theme didn't didn't hit home with uh with tequila Cointreau and tang infused agave nectar, there's also a hunk of astronaut ice cream as the garnish. Cute. I like it. Although astronaut ice cream is inherently disgusting. Oh, it's so good. I love it. But I mean, you're right, Tara. Tang Dip infused. It in the drink. It's, yeah, it's mixed with tang. It's not infused. Right. Yeah. This is a salmon <laughs> infused with heat. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should have realized that it wasn't a, not for scurvy because I'm pretty sure there's no vitamin C in tang. <laughs> That's artificially not. infused. Yeah, sure. It's infused, man. Everything's infused. Double infusion. It's a freaking gastro pub up there. <laughs> yeah. Molecular gastronomy. Oh, you, you, you cooked it. Cool. Sorry. All right. Awesome. <laughs> all right. And our final drink, the most uh, the most photogenic of them all, the Atma Spritz. Okay. Atma this is, Spritz. I like that. It's very Jetsons-like. It's very mm-hmm, Jetsons-y. Yeah. I, I dig it. I dig that one. It, so it's served in a glass that's kind of like a long-stemmed tulip glass. Okay. When they bring the glass to your table, inside the tulip portion, inside the bulb, is a wad of cotton candy. Oh, God. I shouldn't say wad. That makes it sound less appealing. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, you're not in marketing by any chance, candy. are you? Yeah, you go. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's huh. a, it's a cluster of uh, dark matter and gases. There you go. All right. And then off to the side, the server has a, a, a small container filled with, uh, with gin, Aperol, blood orange juice, and regular orange juice and Prosecco. Okay. And they pour that over the cotton candy and it dissolves as it pours in. And it, it makes a really cool cascading effect as it goes through really, really cool to look at. And um, it's pretty good. Okay. That that sounds, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. And that's the Atma Spritz. And that one's only $16 and that's a steal because there's production values. You get a show. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I forgot there is a Milky Way. It's one of the zero proof cocktails. So essentially it's a it's a coffee drink, a, an iced coffee drink with a Milky Way as garnish. <laughs> OK. Yeah. OK. There you go. I mean, all right. They ran okay, out of It doesn't ideas. sound terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. There, there are a few different uh, zero proof cocktails and they all come with Space 220 trading cards. Oh, my goodness. Of what? Of the different cabbages they've grown? Yes. Mm. There was Lester and cabbage number seven. So you've been twice. Would you go back? Are you going to go back? If I was there with other people? Yes. Okay. Just me and Brandy. I'll, I'll go to somewhere else in, in the world showcase. Yeah. What if she wants a, a, the best well done steak of her life? <laughs> huh. I'll hand her a 50 and say, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, dame. I'm out of here. I'm beating feet towards the place where i gotta be away from yeah yep thanks eric (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it it sounds cool man i mean a lot of that stuff's corny but you know i get it i mean it's disneyland or disney world rather yeah production value is good yeah okay good 
Yeah, it looks neat. I mean, I was really looking forward to to seeing the inside uh, when it opened, you know, the whole buildup, like you were talking about, you know, in the middle of COVID or whatever. And then uh, in the middle of COVID, the uh, one of the Imagineers, the, Zach Ridley, I guess, or whatever, the one that Jeremy just obsesses over because he can't oh, yeah. stand. Um, Zach. Yeah. You know, he was going off about the um, showing like pictures of it and whatever and like paint swatches and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. But it looked really nice. <laughs> it looked really cool. I, I would like to go one day. All right, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to hear all about the Wizard of Bras, which, uh, if, see, I have jokes, and I can't make them. All right, everybody, hang on a second. We'll be right back. It's ears up. And now, back to the show that ignites your dream wish of imaginations and magical color wonderment of forever. Ears up. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. All right, Taryn. Yes. What do you got for us today? The history of the Wizard of Brars? I got something like that. All right, let's go. All right. It was the oddest shop that was ever on Main Street. That's how Raleigh Crump described the storefront that has housed his Main Street window since 2009. While the building now acts as merely a facade, it has a strange and somewhat risque history. Today, I'm going to take you through the history of the Wizard of Bras. Look, I figured that'd be Rolly Crump, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's surprising that he had nothing to do with this. <laughs> so located on the east side of Main Street between what's now the Silhouette Shop and the China Closet sits a strangely out of place residential looking home. It's the only structure on Main Street with a porch and the only one that doesn't distinctly look like a store. The Victorian-style building has a steep gabled roof adorned with spiky turrets and outlined with an intricate wood-carved border. There's a second-floor veranda-style balcony with traditional Victorian-style railing, and this proves as an overhang for the wide porch below. The wood porch is three steps up from the sidewalk and is bordered by even more highly decorative woodwork. It's a truly lovely home, and if you've ever had the pleasure of relaxing on the porch, it's one of the most serene and inconspicuous places to sit and people watch. Now, there's no bench there, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There is a chair. There is a chair. And man, I, tell, I think there is a bench there, isn't there? And No. Oh, okay. I don't believe so. But man, that place is like... People get disappointed if they can't sit on that thing. Yeah. Well, and you don't want to cram it. So it's like one family at a time. Oh, yeah. That's why you're lucky if you get it. Yeah. But why is there a home in the middle of Main Street? Now, the theory for why this structure exists, um, even though it looks and feels a bit out of place, is twofold. First, the idea here is that during the turn of the century, when country roads were being turned into city roads and cities were being built, there were, at times, homeowners who refused to sell their land and property to builders. Now, think about the movie Up, right? They were building large buildings all around, but Carl refused to sell his property and the construction companies were forced to build around him. That's what's meant to be conveyed here, in a way, hmm. a homeowner who refused to sell. Really? A lone duck in the middle of an otherwise industrious area. Cute. I like that. Yeah. That's why it doesn't. And I never noticed it because when you're walking down, it kind of all blends together. But when you look at a photo, it really does look out of place. Well, yeah, it, it, it kind of blends together. But it also anything that sticks out at Disneyland, you sort of assume that it's on purpose and there must be a reason for it. And therefore it doesn't stick out. Well, that's true. Yeah. Kind of for me. It's right. Part of the, the vibe. You're right. You go like, oh, OK, that's just that's just the design. There's 
It just it is. It yeah. exists, but the the intent behind it uh, isn't always known. Yeah. So secondly, since it is indeed Main Street USA, which is by any standard definition an outdoor mall, this home was designed to actually be a store. In in this way, the old world ornate Victorian style architecture would provide the perfect backdrop for a fashion forward, glamorous apparel shop. Ooh, I like fashion forward. Yes. And um, this shop would have kind of a nod to the olden days. Now, when Disneyland opened in 1955, it was important to Walt to have big brand names in his park to both help allure patrons, but also because they would pay to lease space and sell their products, thus providing much needed revenue. It's funny because we always, you know, we like to rail on Walt um, for IP this and, you know, selling out and all the commercialism. But it's just that's the way he's been. Right. And that's he's always been that way. That's how he paid for things. Yeah. Since before the park opened. Yeah. Forget Uh, that sometime. Yeah. People forget a lot of things about Walt. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. There were a host of these vendors across the park and especially on Main Street, including Coca-Cola, 1950s swimwear designer, Cole of California, and popular at the time, kids leather shoemaker, Bluebird Shoes. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know. The The whole classic Bluebirds, man. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But there was one product in particular that had a rather loyal following. In fact, while half the population required this product, the other half openly admired it. And we're talking about bras. Oh. But more specifically, we're talking about bras sold by one of the largest brassiere manufacturers in the world. You mean like the largest company or they made the largest product? (laughs) The largest manufacturers, the largest product. All right. And this is the Hollywood Maxwell Brassiere Company. Hollywood Maxwell was the first in a line of California brassiere manufacturers, which entered the American market in 1929. Hmm. Even though most of their advertisements didn't feature movie stars, Hollywood Maxwell claimed that its products were used exclusively in motion pictures made by Paramount. It wasn't long before the American woman's desire for a movie star look had had boosted the sale of the latest bras simply because of their association with Hollywood. Okay. All right. Easy marketing. Mm -hmm. All right. So you may be asking yourself how the public could even recognize what bras the starlets were wearing. I mean, I was they're wearing clothes, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm too much of a gentleman to be thinking along those lines. Right. So, well, yeah, Holly- good news for you, Eric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Secret pervert over here. <laughs> Hollywood Maxwell founder Joseph R. Bowen patented a cup stabilization technique called whirlpool stitching. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, there's too much to talk about. Okay. Hollywood Maxwell, and the guy's name isn't even Max. No. And okay. Say, yeah, that whole thing all over again. Yeah, so that that is disappointing in its own right. But then there's whirlpool stitching. Yep. And it it's cup supporting. Well, I'll get there. So this much imitated innovation used concentric rings of stitches to produce a rounded shape in the 1930s. But (laughs) what was the shape before? Ellipses? They didn't have a shape. It was bras didn't. It was just cloth. It was was, like a sack. There wasn't really a. (laughs) I don't mean to be crude. It's just like a sack. Well, yeah. Your two sacks attached to your. Wasn't it just like. You wore, a, I mean, those that t- didn't you wear a corset and then you just had like a t- tank top? Yeah, there was. <laughs> I th- I think you're I think you're 
skipping a couple hundred years in between those two things. Well, she's right. That that was an option. And then another option was just like you're saying, cloth, like like satin or there there was no pad padding. There was no support. OK. Can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. I still don't really understand bras. I still don't really know all the things that they to me. They're just like support support i wouldn't know padding or i don't know there's it seems complicated well it seems complicated to be a woman i'm gonna be honest with you guys thank you it is well i think the idea here is that this started to shape started to create a shape in a bra whereas before it was just the body that created okay i gotcha all right so this is like a molding let's call it a molding right 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 like madonna bras well yes exactly so um in the 1930s they had created a rounded shape but they became famous for their Viet Whirlpool bra, which had that classic pointy cone shape. Yes, I have seen so many uh, black and white, I almost said adult movies, and I don't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean it. But black and white movies. Yes. Um, with the the, That's the very rocket pointy. cone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were very recognizable in the 40s and 50s. Wow. And those were Hollywood Maxwell bras. Hollywood Maxwell. And so that's why when these women saw these in the movies, they knew that's what they wanted to look like, too. Right? That's so weird where it's like, let's take a, the shape of a body, natural shape of a body <laughs> and and whittle it down and hone it to a different shape and then make this desirable. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, man. It's like, why? What if there was a square? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just it seems like we were we were, you know, one side away from just having a weird time in the 50s. Right. Yeah. Square technology was far too advanced. (laughs) That's right. That's how you know aliens never visited because they had square technology. (laughs) Right. They never gave it to us. Right. So Hollywood Maxwell boasted that a youthful yet smart look could be achieved by wearing these supportive bras. Youthful. Yes. Everyone wants a 90 degree angle between the underneath of their breast <laughs> and their rib cage. Yeah, absolutely. While the Hollywood Maxwell advertisements didn't often feature stars at the time, they did feature a strange little cone shaped wizard <laughs> with eerie black holes for eyes. Oh, man, I want to be reincarnated as this. And he held up a wand and scissors and it actually looked um, a lot more menacing and psychotic than smart or youthful, which I think is what they were going for. But he was an actual so I mascot. Have, I have it. Oh, that's weird. But it looks like one of the characters from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. You know what? It kind of does. Here, let me see if I can. Huh. Let me see if I can do it and share and share the screen real fast. Because maybe this is my next tattoo. But yeah, it's um, it's he's a weird little dude. He is a weird little dude. You're talking about Eric, right? Yeah. I'm a medium dude, size dude, and weird. It doesn't make me want to buy a bra. <laughs> Let's just say that. Can you imagine if you walked by Victoria's Secret and you saw these things? <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. Okay, here we go. I got it up right here. Well, there's the whirlpool. Yep. Yeah, that's funny, man. Oh, my goodness. Very there's pointy. That. Those are pointy. Odd person. Here, that's fine. There you go. Yeah, those are very pointy. And so it's like, yeah, can the concentric rings that just are, they get smaller and smaller as they move out up the uh, out and this is a this is this should be a secret show this is not an appropriate show but here we are we're looking at yeah and this thing is for you yeah the wizard looks like he has a a, a drill bit for a head mm-hmm. and he looks like he's spun out on amphetamines like he definitely looks odd not appropriate no for a bra ad 
Yeah, and that doesn't want you that you don't want to buy a bra. You see this guy right here mm -hmm. and you don't go, huh? Right. Support is what I need. And this man looks very supportive. Well, and what's odd is that if they were truly supplying all of the bras for Paramount movies, you would think that they could have a celebrity, <laughs> not maybe in a bra, but like, you know, wearing the sweater to show the shape or something. I don't know. You know, one day when I when I have like too many tattoos, then I don't care. Like, then I'll just get random ones if I walk by a tattoo shop. Or I'm getting this man on my <laughs> on my body somewhere. He rules in a variety of ways. Oh, boy. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah. But, but Dottie's freaking me out because she keeps looking up like behind me, like her <laughs> eyes get wide and she's like, like she's going to move on me. And I'm like, what are you, what are you looking your, at? She sees your shadow. She's freaking me out, dude. I don't like it. OK, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, where are we? OK. The Hollywood Maxwell brand had a loyal following, popular, glamorous undergarments and a weird sort of scary mascot, which this all somehow perfectly matched the exquisite yet dainty decor of the little out of place home on Main Street. So while selling bras at Disneyland may not seem like a reasonable activity by today's standards, the partnership was actually quite on brand for both Disney and the Hollywood Maxwell Company in 1955. Hmm. The store itself was officially called HM Intimate Apparel, and it was touted um, and like the 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 words underneath that, right, uh, said um, brassieres and torsolets, which I had to look up. And that is a bra with like extra stuff on your torso, extra fabric or whatever on your torso. Not Tor as long as a corset. Right. It's not quite a it's not a tor I mean, it's not a corset. It's it's a torsolette. Torsolette. I don't huh. know. Whatever. Anyway, like a long line. Like yes. Yes. They're actually very popular now again. Of course they are. Everything old is new again, man. Right. Um, and so while it sold bras and other lingerie, this store was also an attraction unto itself. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I would think yeah, so. Yeah. Well, Speak even beyond that. Speaking of attractions, Taryn. Yes. Our friendly friends at the 21st Amendment Brewery welcomed the cooler weather with the release of their two great tasting beers, a brand new IPA and a perennial holiday favorite, which may or may not be around. I should clarify that with Sully. Sully, if you're still in the chat, let me know. Brew Free or Die Cold IPA is a new, fresh style of IPA showing a bright, bold, hop-forward flavor and aroma. They took the aggressive hop notes you want in a West Coast IPA and wrapped it around an American lager for maximum drinkability. Chinook, Centennial, and Mosaic Hops do the heavy lifting, and at 6.5% ABV, it's Sully's new favorite beer, and it should be yours too. And you know what? It might be mine too. Nice. I normally don't drink beers that high alcohol, like I'm having ESB right now, it's like 4.1%. I normally don't do high alcohol beers like that, but that six pack was not here very long when nope. we had it. it would, it's very easy drinking. I think I got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was good, man. And if you can find it, uh, their holiday seasonal fireside chat returned this year. Uh, they reimagined the look of their award winning fireside chat with two reindeer sitting in comfy chairs in front of a roaring fire. Get out. Go. Scram. Go away. Go away. Go. Oh, my God. What happened? Ew. <laughs> Like, okay, my cat just, I think, had a turd, hit a turd. Oh my God. Hanging out, and like, she caught it. She caught it on the, the roadcaster, and it pulled out the top of her hair. And apparently that scared her. <laughs> so gross. 
It was probably painful. God. Uh. Anyway, 21st Amendment beer <laughs> brings this awesome show to you guys. Uh, so if you're looking for, for a great beer, uh, either go to the website 21st-amendment.com and go to the Find Some page or uh, ask your local bartender. Hey, uh, you know, uh, Chris, order some 21st Amendment. I'm tired of the swill you guys are always making me buy. <laughs> And then Chris will appreciate you even more. Sounds like a command, not a, not a, not asking. Oh yeah. Command, command them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, All right, Taryn, continue, please. All right. Uh, So as I was saying, this, the store was an attraction unto itself. And according to an article published by Disney, Disneyland is a place to have fun. And with the fun is a place where you can learn. Now this sentiment is apparent throughout the park, of course, but was also true of the Intimate Apparel Shop. Not only could you purchase your undergarments here, but you could learn about the history of this irritating and yet necessary piece of clothing. Oh, do we? We don't need. We don't need. Why? Why? Not everything needs to be a teaching moment. Well, I think if you're going to have bras in a theme park, you got to justify it, it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So upon walking up the three wooden steps into the Amer- American Apparel, <laughs> into the Intimate <laughs> <laughs> Into the intimate apparel shop, you would be greeted by a host. A ghost host. (laughs) (laughs) The Wizard of Bras. Oh, yeah. And while some incorrectly described the host as one of the first animatronics in the park, it was actually just a simple robotic figure with recorded audio. It didn't have the fine tuning of audio animatronics, but one could correctly assume that it was a precursor to the idea of what today's audio animatronics ended up being. Do you think that today's animatronic were the idea was from this? Do you think Walt had the idea of looking at the the bra salesman robot? I don't know. That would be cool. I would love that is not. I would love for the future of entertainment to have been inspired by a little tiny robot sells bras. Well, that's why they changed it to that story about the little bird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we can't tell this story. Yeah, no, it's too racy. Today's teens, we'll be all over the place with it. <laughs> so the wizard didn't look like the Hollywood Maxwell wizard, thankfully, as I think that would have probably been terrifying. Mm. Instead, though, he actually looked reminiscent of the Red Queen from Alice in Wonderland. Um, he wore so I there there should be a photo there. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So he wore a long sleeve striped shirt with matching striped tights and what appears to be a dark corset or some sort of uh, covering um, over both of those with a small fluffy tutu. And that's ar- horrifying. And ar- oh. around his neck. There's C.V. Wood right here. Right. It's a picture I'm of getting, C.V. Wood. I'm getting there. Okay. All right. Around his neck, he wears an enormous Elizabethan style tulle collar and his head is topped with a huge turban fastened with a large brooch and feathers coming out of the top and does that make you want to buy a bra no okay there's like a lot to unpack (laughs) i want to Uh, buy something but it's not a bra right um and there are actually very few photos of the intimate apparel shop at all and even less of the wizard but the one that does make the rounds is uh one of herndon j norris and cv wood and they're kneeling down in the store planning the final details for the display. Oh, and the wizard is prominently displayed in the background. So it's the only known photo that, that I could find. Wow. Of this guy, which is weird. So 
Our host, the wonderful Wizard of Bras, sits on his, yes, his, revolving stage, waves his magic wand, and speaks to the audience via a tape recorder. And the voice of the wizard was that of Hollywood Maxwell President Herndon J. Norris, who was the other guy in the picture with C.V. Wood. And he would give the audience a pre-recorded history of underwear. I love it. Imagine writing that script. I can't. I, I, to, <laughs> I, I looked for the script. There, it is not. Oh my out god! There. I can imagine. Yeah, that'd be so cool, though. Yeah, uh, the wonderful wizard and the modern at the time bras, corsets, and petticoats for sale occupied one half of the store, while the remaining portion was devoted to a Victorian-style front room, complete with a period fireplace, drapes, large mirror, sofa, and an old-fashioned showcase. Now, prior to its opening. Disney advertised that the most unusual and unique part of the display will be an authentic Singer sewing machine circa 1860. Now, sure, if you're a sewing machine historian or you're just really into antiques, you may have considered this to be the most unusual and unique part of this experience. Sure. To most guests, however, it was the 3D illusion boxes featuring holograms of fashion models through history from Victorian to the more modern 1950s style that grasped the actual most attention. Now, the idea here, now listen carefully, was that you look into this box and you see the model's clothing, both classic or turn-of-the-century attire, but as you move your head slowly, their mm -hmm. outer layers disappear to reveal their corsets and pantaloons. Oh my God, this is, oh. this is too horny for... <laughs> This is too horny for the time. I don't know how they got away with this. C.V. Wood, you know what? <laughs> this is why he disappeared. Yeah, now I know why he got written out of history. He was too horny to be involved in the company. That's amazing. So even by today's standards, this shop, the activities, the wizard, they all sound like a lot. I mean, I can't imagine even a Victoria's Secret in downtown Disney, let alone on Main Street. And that <laughs> yeah. seems to be just about what they had. So. Well, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, they would they would pass off in the 40s and 50s like stag films as like sex education films, you know, and it's like, oh, no, it's just educational content for the boys. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's what it sort of sort of kind of seems like, but obviously not really. But it's yeah. like, oh, let's have some education uh, underwear through time. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. Walt's going, whatever. As long as the check cashes, brother, <laughs> right. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. It just makes me think we've all seen people walking around Disneyland carrying like that thing that they bought. And you're just like, why? <laughs> right. What is happening in your life right now that you need that? Right. <laughs> Imagine that was a bra. Yeah. It's a, it's a bra. <laughs> yeah. How was this received by guests? So according to the September 1955 issue of Disneyland's own newspaper, the Disneyland News. <laughs> Classic. Quote, yeah. Quote. Many men hesitate to enter the shop, especially older gentlemen accompanied by their wives. It's the older women who seem to be most anxious to shade their husbands from any risque experience. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. But it's the older generation of men who are the most polite. They invariably remove their hats upon entering the store. The fathers and mothers of recent years seem to take the whole thing in stride, while the older women often are guilty of a little bit of giggling, as are the teenagers. The 10 to 12 year olds, especially the girls, are particularly appreciative and interested in the old time furnishings of the 1900 period in the store. 
Hollywood yeah. Maxwell's experience seems to lend credence to the belief that Americans are becoming more liberal through the years in their thoughts on such formerly taboo subjects. Unquote. Yes, I mean, they it, appreciate the decor the most. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. That's yeah. What everybody appreciates the most. Just reading it for the articles. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> so as it turns out, bras were not hot sales items at Disneyland. And according to Raleigh Crump, it, quote, only lasted six months before Disney asked them to leave. So you're saying that Disney wasn't supportive? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You've been waiting for that? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, for at least like two or three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. In January 1956, just a half year after it opened, it closed. And it wasn't the first shop on Main Street to close. Uh, that award goes to Grandma's Baby Shop, which closed. Buy a baby. Which closed. <laughs> listen to this. Closed before summer ended in oh. 1955. So wow. before September. So June. June July, to like August. Yeah, maybe August, September. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Poor Grandma's what Baby Shop. What did they shop. sell there? Baby. Babies? Babies. Yeah. <laughs> you can rent. Hey, step right up. Rent a baby. Seven day return policy. <laughs> uh, the Silhouette Studio moved into that space and has been there ever since. Huh. Grandma's Baby Shop. In 1958, the Hollywood Maxwell Company of California combined with the Vassar Company of Chicago, a part of Munsingware. The result was sure. the Hollywood Vassarette Intimate Apparel Division. Sure. Today, oh the gosh, I knew Vassarette. Do you? Yeah. So, so today, the Munsingware brand is marketed by Premium Wear Inc. and is best known for knit golf shirts with the Penguin logo. Wow. Pre okay. Premium Wear Inc. also markets jockey brand underwear. And the Vasseret brand is also still around, and it's now part of Vanity Fair Brands LP. Now, next door to the Intimate Apparel Shop had been the China Closet, a glass and china shop, which was expanded and absorbed the Intimate Apparel space after it closed. The actual building front now serves merely as a beautiful and decorative storefront. And actually, without um, obvious signage, it's looking more and more like a homeowner refusing to sell their house in between two city buildings. Yeah. In 2009, the facade of the house was changed slightly when Raleigh Crump was given his window on Main Street. A modified balcony railing allows you to see an elaborate window honoring Crump. It provides hints at some of his many contributions to Disneyland, especially his work on the Museum of the Weird, which, of course, never came to fruition. Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, It's a Small World, and Haunted Mansion. Now, the window reads, Fargo's Palm Parlor. And Fargo, in case you didn't know, is Raleigh's middle name. Hmm. Friend of the show, never knew it. Yeah. Um, it also reads, Predictions that will haunt you. Bizarre, whimsical, and weird. Designs to die for. Roland F. Crump, assistant to the palm reader. And if you look up at the sign, you might notice that Bizarre is actually spelled B-A-Z-A-A-R, which is not a misspelling, but actually a nod to his redesign of the Adventureland Bazaar. That's right. Yeah. He turned that thing around, too, and that wasn't going anywhere. So he got in there. Yep. My window is special to me, Raleigh wrote in his memoir, not only because it honors me, but because it's hanging in a special place. <laughs> the building it's on is the only building on Main Street that has a porch. It was the oddest shop that was ever on Main Street, which I suppose suits me pretty well, doesn't it? As odd as the intimate apparel shop may have seemed, another lingerie shop appeared on Disney property 35 years later. In December 1990, Jessica's opened for business on Pleasure Island at Walt Disney World, selling silky nightgowns and underwear. I don't like it. In addition to Jessica Rabbit themed merchandise. No, I don't like it. 
Well, that's okay, because like its predecessor, Jessica's didn't last long. Eisner! Closing its doors just three years after it opened. Three years! Three years of of Jessica Rabbit-themed lingerie? Yes. God. And a giant neon Jessica Rabbit up front. (sighs) The marquee. Yes. Man, they just want it to be Vegas sometimes. That area, I think they really did. Yeah. So the lesson here is, no matter how much you want to sell underwear, (laughs) it is best to keep your chonies separate from your Disney experience. And that, my friends, is the history of the Wizard of Bras. Good job, Taryn. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I do think it might be beneficial, though, for them to carry, like, to just carry some underwear. You know, have things that happen. Bev's going to advocate for it to come back. I don't Here want there go. to be like a whole. Story. <laughs> I don't Bev, want there to be like a whole right story. now. <laughs> no, I don't want there to be like a whole store of underwear. That's obviously is not a good decision. But I mean, maybe like tucked behind the thing, they could just have like a little pack of chonies and they're like, yeah, pack of Y fronts. I mean, and you're not wrong, <clears throat> especially kids' underwear, which they I probably to- do sell. I, they have to. No, right? sorry, dude. But you bring your bring your own children's underwear. If you can't bring your own children's underwear, you shouldn't have I'm children's. I'm just saying for an accident or something. Yeah, yeah. Bring your own children's Actually, underwear. Actually, they do sell men's boxers, so they should sell women's they underwear. Should. A sport. It doesn't have to be like a real like cupped bra, but like some sports bras. Like, what? There is nothing worse than going on the artist formerly known as Splash Mountain. <laughs> your whole bra getting wet, and then you have to walk around all day. Mm-hmm. That's true. With wetness wow yet another thing that Iger won't do for also, people also i sent you an email from the Veraset company just a moment ago me yeah. why because i thought it was funny because i remember yeah. i know that brand i don't know oh it. that's funny uh very good taryn i love it i loved it good i currently loved it and i will love it again when i that's edit great. the show <laughs> and then yet again when i do the video uh oh god it's nine twenty nine. what the hell happened started talking about bras i know started talking about bras eric and his space food <laughs> What was more interesting? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Debatable. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. I appreciate it. If you are listening live, we're gonna flip over to the uh, secret show feed and the Patreon um, right away. And then you know what? Honestly, if you join the Patreon at patreon.com slash ears up, you can go back and you can find all these videos. I leave them up on YouTube, but they're unlisted, so you need to have the link for it. And uh yeah, you can go check it all out. Whole bunch of content over there on Patreon, and it helps support the show, please. So sign up. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, that's it, right? That's it. Okay. Until next time, we'll see you in the parks. Ha ha.